Luke chapter 4, 16 through 22. I'm going to complete the first phase of hearing from God today and Wednesday. The Lord wants this to be a full, exhaustive series so that we can point people to it in the future. This sermon usually gets me in trouble. Um, and the Lord wanted to reestablish it because of the new dimension that we are over. As they say, every new level brings a new devil. Uh, this right here is Christianity in its purest form. Very rarely preached. Um, I only have heard one other pastor preach this, even though I'm sure that there are some, or actually two. One in America, one in Nigeria. My pastor preaches this. And, um, but we're going to jump into this because I guess the title of it is called Food for the Gods. And um, uh, I got to do all of this stuff. Not going to take long. Just to make you understand one important point about why you're supposed to read the Bible every single day. Luke 4, 16 through 22. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, this is Jesus, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. Excuse me. He found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. And all eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. By the way, they didn't know that Jesus was the Son of God. So that's what like, who is this? Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you just heard has been fulfilled this very day. And everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be, they asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? And have you ever heard something, someone say something? And at first you, you, you kind of smiled and rejoiced. And then next three seconds you're like, wait a minute. That was them dissing me. Okay, well, that's when they first heard this, they were like, oh, this is wonderful. Because really, Jesus, what he did was he walked in the temple and he said, uh, by the way, this scripture right here that talks about the son of God, that's me. And so they were like, oh, this is wonderful. Then they said, wait a minute, isn't this Joseph's son? Let's read how it ended. <laughs> Verse 28 of Luke chapter four. When they heard all this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him, forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about today. When Jesus found himself in scripture and then openly declared what the scripture said about him, he was immediately met with the strongest of opposition. Okay, and, uh, and so we're going to find ourselves in scripture today. James 1, through 25. This is the passage of scripture that talks about the Bible being a mirror. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. I'm going to kind of do some more John Hagee today and kind of read my notes today so I don't get off track too much because this is very important. God's word is the spiritual mirror that shows who we are from God's perspective. 
you must accept what the mirror shows you and not what man tells you because no one knows the product like the one who created it. Second Corinthians 4, 4. It says Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Satan became a God of this world when Adam messed up. God came to Adam, said, I give you full authority. There's a lease. Most people don't know that there's a 6,000 year lease on the planet for 6,000 years. Okay? Uh, that's why the Bible says, don't be ignorant of this one thing. One day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. And God created the earth in how many days? Six. So he created six days. Okay. So it was a 6,000 year lease. When Adam messed up, he turned that lease illegally over to Satan and Satan became the lowercase g, God of this world. That's why the scripture says that Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. Everyone say good news. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So the good news is that Jesus is the exact likeness of God. And when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become the exact likeness of God. Okay. So this is the one truth that has tormented the devil more than anything else. Um, he's very bitter over this. Um, everything that the devil does against you, every scenario, if he can convince somebody to cheat from you, do you wrong, the depression that you experience, the confusion, you being tempted to go into sin, alternative lifestyles, robbing a bank, killing somebody, lying, thieving, taking someone's purse, thinking about robbing a bank. All of these things are for the purpose of Keeping you occupied with dumb stuff so that you never find out that you're made in the exact likeness of God. Hey, so that's the good news. Hey, uh, every time in scripture when Satan moved upon men to kill Jesus, it was over the revelation of his identity. Hey, and today identity is being very, very skewered. It is very, very and, and from scratch because they're from the kingdom of God's viewpoint standpoint. And vantage point, there are no white people, there are no black people, there are no Mexican people, there are no African people. But scripture says we are all what? One. Okay. And so when men start creating these, I never did understand. I mean, you look at my skin, they call me black. Does that look, y'all, this is black. This is brown. You look at wheel skin, that is not white. Kids would say that's vanilla or cream. You look at an Asian skin. I don't know why they call Asians yellow when they call Indian men red. I don't, I don't, I don't get that. You know, it just, you know, and, and see, and so what? Uh-huh. Keep on going. Y'all can tell I'm trying to get out there, okay? okay so, um, um, so this, this is identity, okay? You either belong to Satan or you belong to God. And so when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, um, it, it, you identify with, I'm made in the exact uh, image of my father. Now, when Jesus did this, to show you how much Satan hates this, and the more, the more you begin to walk in the power of who you really are, the more the dark side will come against you. Because every single case in scripture, when they got ready to kill or stone Jesus, it was after his identity. 
It was never about him doing a miracle. Every once in a while, I got a little upset because he did something on the Sabbath day, but he just gave him a nice little slogan and they backed off. You know, but everything was about his identity, including when they finally crucified him. It was because he said he was the son of God. John eight fifty seven through 59. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you've seen Abraham who existed 2000 years ago? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. You always see these scenarios where Jesus would make this crazy statement, they get ready to kill him, and then, boom, activate, he just walked through them. Uh, I'm gonna knock you out. I have no idea how that correlates, but I just threw it in because it felt good for a second. Okay. So, says they pick up, so when he said, I am, okay. And so, and then here's another one, John 5, 18. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For not only did he break the Sabbath, he called God his father, therefore making himself equal with God. How many of you God is your father? Now, guess what? Whenever you do that, people are like, hallelujah, God is my father. People real quick to say that, they, that he is their father, but they're real slow to say that he is their equal. I just read it right here. If you say that somebody is your father, you are equal. Now, your responsibilities might be a little bit lower. You may not know what your father knows, just like, you know, when we have kids. How many know you, your kids grow up and end up knowing what you know, but they still you're equal? Oh, here we go. Here's the next one. John 10, 10, John 10. I can't even get it out because I'm scared and I'm nervous. John 10, 30 through 36. It says, the fa- this is Jesus speaking, the Father and I are one. How many of y'all are one with Jesus? One with the Father? One with the Holy Spirit? The Father and I are one. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. Always over his identity. Jesus said, and this is Jesus being slick. Now, at my Father's direction, I have done many good works. For which one are you going to stone me? They replied, we're stoning you not for any good work but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. And there's something that defines the the difference between religion and Christianity. Jesus replied, it is written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say you are gods. And this is what Jesus puts in here. And you know the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who received God's message were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say I'm the son of God? After all, the father set me apart and sent me into the world. You know what he was saying? Now, we called y'all gods and you saying I'm not one and I'm here to save you from your godless status. Psalm 82, one through seven. If Jesus said the scripture says that, let's look, look at the Old Testament because, you know, the New Testament was written after Jesus got up from the dead. So the things that he taught were found in the Old Testament. So if you look at Psalm 82, 1 through 7, this is one of the scriptures he got it from. God presides over heaven's court. This lets you know that heaven has court systems. They're always in operation, by the way. They're running right now. He pronounces judgment on the 
heavenly beings. Here when it says heavenly beings, it's not talking about angels. In the King James, it says he pronounced judgment on the gods. Here, heavenly beings, because watch this. Heavenly beings don't do stuff like this. Listen to God's instruction to the heavenly beings. How long will you hand down unjust decisions by favoring the wicked? That interlude means intermission like out of play. Because the statement I just made is so deep, we need to take an intermission and think about this. That's what interlude means. Give, listen to the command. Give just, give just, because God is telling his gods to do the same thing he wants to do. How long will you hand down unjust decisions by favoring the wicked? Which means you shouldn't favor the wicked. Give justice to the poor and the orphan. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the poor and helpless. Deliver them by any means necessary from the grasp of evil people. But these oppressors know nothing. They are so ignorant. They wander about in darkness while the whole world is shaken to the core. I say you are gods. You are all children of the most high. The difference is you'll die like mere mortals. He didn't say you were one. You will die like mere mortals and fall like every other ruler. Why? Because you are gods in human flesh. And because this part of you is human, you'll die like a regular man. Hey. So, how many know? How many of you? Yeah, see, some people, and older people say this sometimes. Lady rebuked me the other day, talking about she was a child of God, wonderful, okay? You one of my, in other words, you're one of my crazy acting sisters. <laughs> people say, I'm a child of God, when they say that religiously, not knowing what that implies. Right, right, right. Hey? I wrote down, if you've heard me say this before, every seed reproduces after its own kind. kind. Child of a cow is a what? Cow. Child of a bird is a what? Child of a lion is a what? Child of a dog is a what? The child of a human being is what? Which means a child of God would be what? A God. According to religion, we just blasphemed and we are going to hell. Did not I say? I mean, listen to the terminology. Did not I say you are gods? And all of you are children of the most high. Y'all, just that labor. And let me tell you something. One of the reasons why the Lord is having me do this is because this needs to be, you need to get this mentality on the inside of you. When you start getting this mentality on the inside of you of who you really are and what, y'all, it'd be different if we came up with this or we trying to get deep with revelation. This is a blanket statement that God made about his own children. And so when you face sickness and disease, that's how you're supposed to face it. I mean, I had to tell Satan this morning. I mean, because he been, I mean, I mean, when I say he been hitting me and my wife hard. I, when I say hard, it's obvious that we had another. I mean, they've been riding us like crazy. Trying to get used to that weight. I told Satan this morning when I got a shower. I said, because you got to talk arrogantly like this. I said, if you can't kill God, what makes you think you're going to kill me? I mean, I had to say that because he was getting on my nerves with the stuff he putting on the inside of my ear. You got to, y'all, how many know your child? Man, I'm about to, ooh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. 
Behold, all things are become new. The part I want you to focus on, how many new creatures that I have on the inside. And when it says new creature, it means perpetually new. It means once you become new, you're supposed to stay new. Okay? That's what it means by the, to renew your mind with the word of God. You have to renew your mind to keep it new. Jesus, okay? But if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Okay? The last time I checked, if you get something new, if you got a new house, it, it's not the same house as the other house. Y'all know what I'm saying? If you got a new car, the old car no longer is sitting there. But when God says you are a new creature, well, if I'm a new creature, then what type of creature was I, was I before I became new? <laughs> See? I'm a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything has become new. You pass from humanity humanity to divinity. Okay, you were an old creature because yeah, how many of you were born human? It's not a trick question, folk. <laughs> you were born a human being. When you become a new creature, you become a divine being. You're no longer human. And the problem is, is that you have divine beings. That's why the scripture says, don't be conformed to the world. You have divine beings now still trying to think like human beings. Most of what's being taught in the church does not come from heaven. It comes from humans. That's the reason why we don't get God results, because we're not teaching it as God's. We're teaching this stuff. Well, it's all right to go to the doctor and take the blood medication for the rest of your life. After all, we're only human. It's a perversion. How are you going to convince people to come into your family and you're doing the same thing as their family? Why well, need to switch? Matter of fact, you're telling me to leave my family and we're living better than your family. But you're telling me your daddy is good and you're living lower than me. John 1.12. As many as received him. How many received Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior? To them gave he power to become sons. If he had to give you power to become something, what were you before you became it? Human. even to them that believe on his name. Because to turn you from human to divine, it took power to do that. This ain't no thing that, no, this is, it, it took power to change you from one individual to the next. First John 4, 17. This is how our love is made perfect. That we, watch this. This is one of my favorite ones. I've been quoting this one for years. This is how our love is made perfect. That we may have Boldness in the day of judgment. That word judgment means the day of temptation, test, and trial. It means this is how your love is made perfect. When Satan comes against you, you can be as bold as a lion. Why? Because as Jesus is right now in heaven, so are you in this world. This helps you understand why you look like boo-boo the fool when you start complaining about anything. You know, I don't know how we're going to make it. Man, I'm tired. The sickness and disease taking me out. I don't know what I'm going to do about this diabetes. I mean, you have to, I mean, you have to really think about these things. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll do a few. It's not in my notes, but, but you know, I mean, if, if God switched places with me and, and he became a husband to my wife, what would he change? 
they're looking at me like, you gonna tell us? No. I'm just, I'm just trying to say that, you know, the scripture says, see, the scripture is not written at your level. It's not written at human level. That's why the Bible says humans that don't know Christ can't even see that level. Because it's not written to them. It's only written to his children. It says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Not how humans love their wives. Christ loves the church. Oh, Lord, it's getting quiet here. Y'all didn't know it was going that direction. I mean, the husband represents God in the relationship. You know, and hey, there's not one of them places. Hey, we get rebuked on both sides. Okay, if you're a husband here, you need to come up. I'm speaking to myself. We all need to come up. And no matter what up you're on, you can always come up higher. Because as the scripture says, not the scripture says, you know, as the Lord said, you know, uh, uh, she was my daughter before she was your wife. So what makes you think you're supposed to treat her any less than I was treating her is beyond me. You don't talk to her. She crying because of you every single day. She depressed because of you every single day. She, boom, she can't get no help because you think it's the woman's job to take care of the kids and do it. You know, I'm going I'm to say this again. I know, oh, don't, don't worry, brothers. A the woman, they come around next because they, you know, they... As soon as I get to the women, uh-oh, let's put this towel down. Okay? But if God was a husband, as Jesus is right now in heaven, and Jesus is looking at you at a husband, mm, mm, mm. you've given yourself a B, I give you a D minus. Because you based it on how you feel and not what the word says. If Jesus was a wife, how would he be a wife? Y'all, it's really, really just, you know what? I, we do marital counseling, all that type of stuff, but y'all, it's really, really just simple. And that is for a man to love his wife as Christ loved the church. Now, when you actually get over into how Christ loved the church, y'all, you can't even keep up with that. When you get over into, watch this, for a woman to submit to her husband as unto the Lord. Well, when you see how the Holy Spirit submits to Jesus, y'all, you this ain't, instead of fighting him all day, just do what he asks you to do. Hey, babe, when I come home, I'd like for you to clean up these pillows down here. That's not a sign, y'all. The pillows are fine. <laughs> and then you come up with an excuse. Ha, 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 no, ha, 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 nothing. Spin that ha, ha, ha to pick up the pillows. <laughs> clean the bathroom. Get the food off the floor. Clean the mirrors. Your kids should not grow up seeing dirty and nastiness all day long. This will become their norm. That's why I'm looking at my imaginary audience on the back wall, and they are even sitting there with their arms folded. You need to move on, move on, Deacon, <laughs> Reverend. They're not even giving me, because it's the truth. How many of you know we need to come up? I just got through cleaning up my bedroom the last couple of days. I was looking at this, I was like, this is a doggone shame. I'm sitting up here preaching this, and I look like Pigpen from the doggone... Snoopy movie, whatever the Charlie Brown, whatever his name is. My definition of dirty sometimes is other people's clean. Okay, but y'all, um, y'all, it's really, really, really simple. Okay, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost represent father, represent husband, wife, and children. So the Bible says, be careful about how you deal with the Holy Spirit because He can easily be grieved. Okay, that's why sometimes you you tell your kids certain things. It's not that deep. It's that deep to them. Because that's their whole world. 
but the Holy Spirit is in total submission to Jesus. Now, one of the reasons why he's in total submission to Jesus is because Jesus ain't asking him to do nothing that got nothing to do with sin. So make sure you are something to be submitted to. Oh, Lord Jesus. How do we go from we are gods to cleaning up our house, Lord? It's really, really simple, you all, okay? It's really simple. As Jesus is, so are you. If Jesus got cancer, what do you think he would do? If he got it in the first place. What do you think he would do? I, I, know, I, know, some, I know it's going to hurt some of your feelings. Uh, I really don't care about all that. Okay, but, but you think Jesus would go through chemotherapy if he had cancer? No. Hmm. I'm just letting you know. You think he'd be sitting around depressed because he was in debt up to his mama's neck, even if it was his mistake? See? And so what's happened is, is that we gave our life to Christ, but we still gave our flesh and mind to Satan. Because Satan is the most, one of the reasons why Satan brings depression because he's depressed. One of the reasons why he brings confusion is because he himself is confused. One of the reasons why he stokes you to get over into pride, because he is the most, any individual that thinks they can knock God off of his throne is surely going to think that he can knock his children off his throne. If he tried to, I started to use the word usurp, but let me use the symbol. If he tried to kick God off of his throne, then he's definitely going to come to God's children and try to kick them off their thrones. And, and, and you can only deal with him the same way God and Jesus dealt with him. Arrogantly. Galatians 3.26 For you are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. So throughout the law of creation and procreation, everything produces and reproduces after its own kind. Genesis 1.25-28 God made the beast of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind. And everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. So God said, I think I'm going to do the same thing. Let us make man in our image. After our likeness. And let them. The reason why they had to make them after our is because God is three individuals in one. <clears throat> Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. How many have dominion in 2019 and forever? That's how it started. So we catch them back up where we should have been all this time. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created him. Male and female created he them. And you go back and read Genesis chapter five. It says that Adam and Eve were in such oneness. It says God called their name Adam. God never called Eve Eve. That came about as a result of humanity. When they were walking in divinity, it says their name was Adam. But after they fell and became human, it says God then called his wife Eve. So even when it came to the name, there was a separation because of sin. Jesus. All of the separation style. Separation. Before they were one. Y'all, don't, don't go crazy with this, ladies. 
Do you know that the curse that is upon the woman is that she had to submit to the man? Go back and read Genesis. He said, because of what you did, lady, from now on, your desire will be to your husband. You always want to know what he's doing. And he will rule over you. It wasn't like that in the beginning. That's crazy. Y'all look, the ladies looking at me mad like, you mean to tell me Adam did that. We didn't have to listen to these old crazy husbands because of that. Mm-hmm. I want to say something so bad, but I might get stoned in my own pulpit. <laughs> Verse 28. God blessed them. God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth, including technology. So if everything reproduces after its own kind, why wouldn't God reproduce after his own kind? Okay. Any I ever seen a, uh, um, excuse me, any I ever seen a dog give birth to cats? You ever seen a hamster give birth to a bird? I'll wait for a second. If you tell your next door neighbor, you know what, you know my little, my little black baby cat, yes. You know, uh, he had nine babies the other day. She had nine babies the other day. Are they gonna ask you, well, did it come out as a hamster, a bird, or a roach? I'm, be I'm being facetious to help you understand that everything reproduces after its own kind. So if, uh, if, 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 if someone who just had a baby, you know, Shana's pregnant, you know, Shana had his baby, and then baby, Shana said, oh, the baby is born. You're not gonna say, well, is it a mammal, or is it a reptile, or is it a human? <laughs> Nobody asked them stupid questions. Why? Everything reproduces, y'all plan, after its own kind. Child of a human being is a human being. A child of God is a divine being. I have said you are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. Luke chapter 3, verse 23. Just making this clear. Religion hates this boy. And people, now let me say something. Don't go around and lead a church now with a sign, I'm a God. <laughs> Whereas that might be true, your other brothers and sisters are not going to understand that. The Bible says, don't cast your pearls before swine. Okay, in other words, the pearls are wonderful, but it's some folk that can't appreciate your wonderful pearls of wisdom. So don't go out there with a t-shirt, I'm a god. <laughs> Y'all, the higher you go up, the more you have to be quiet. Because people don't understand who you are. Now sometimes you've got to say that, you know, and it's safe to say, look, I'm a child of God. I'm a son of the most high. I got the same DNA. And people are still trying to lower that. I'm going to show you just how deep it goes, though. Luke 3.23. Jesus, this is a genealogy where they trace they, this. Luke chapter 3 is them tracing Jesus' gene genealogy all the way back to Adam. I'm going to just do a couple. It says, so we'll start with Jesus. Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his public ministry. Jesus was known as the son of Joseph. Joseph was the son of Heli. Heli was the son of Mathat. Mathat was the son of Levi. Levi was the son of Melchi. Melchi was the son of Janai, or Janae. Janae was the son of Joseph. 
Joseph was the son of Mattathias. Mattathias was the son of Amos. Amos was the son of Nahum. Nahum was the son of Ezlai. Ezlai was the son of Nagai. It goes through all of these. We're going to drop down all the way to the last couple of scriptures because the whole chapter is that. It's a genealogy trace. Luke chapter 3, 37 through 38. Uh, 38. Lamech was the son of Methuselah, who was the oldest man that lived, by the way. Methuselah was the son of Enoch. Enoch was the son of Jared. Jared was the son of Mahalalel. And Mahalalel was the son of Kenan. Kenan was the son of Enosh. Enosh was the son of Seth. Seth was the son of Adam. And Adam was the son of who? Mm. Y'all reading the same Bible am I reading? You might need to check because I could have turned into Lucifer just over just that quick. Scripture says that Adam was the son of who? Adam was the son of God. So whereas Jesus was the firstborn, Adam was the second. And if you do it in earth terms, Adam was the firstborn and Jesus was the second. That's why in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, it never says Adam was the first Jesus. It calls Jesus the last and second Adam. Scripture tells us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. No difference between Adam and Jesus. Both of them called sons of God. The first one started it and messed it up, so the second one had to come on the scene and clean it up. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all like, yeah, but we scared. Every superhero is always scared of their powers when they first find out what they got. Ephesians 2.6 For he raised us from the dead along with Christ, seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Y'all, do y'all see this terminology of equality here? I mean, if you opened up a law firm, are you going to make your partner your pet or make your pet your partner? Turnbow and Snoopy Law Services. I know this is facetious, y'all, and this is crazy, but I have to help you to understand just how simple this is, is that no one goes into an equal partnership with someone that's not human. So why would God go into equal partnership to someone that's not like him? Oh, man. Romans 8, 17. And since... We are his children. We are his heirs. In fact, to add insult to injury, together with Christ, together with Christ, because we're equal, together with Christ, because when you accept him, he becomes your big brother. He, you are his brother, you're his sister, and every man that has wisdom and love will share the inheritance equally amongst his children. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. And if we are to share his glory, we got to go through some of the same stuff that Jesus went through. Right. Now, you don't have to be crucified, but the only thing that Jesus went through was the persecution from other folks' mouths. Because if the scripture says you got to suffer the same way Jesus suffered, well, then let's study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see how he suffered. Was he sick? No. Oh, what well, I tell you, you're not supposed to suffer sick from sickness and disease. Was he broke? Absolutely not. First day that he was born, they made sure he had $300 million worth of gold. If 
you research, Jewish rabbis research that. They said it would go, they, y'all see these little poverty Jesus movies. Here come the wise men looking like they ain't not wise because they don't even know how to shop at Walmart. Here they come with the little raggedy donkey because he tired after traveling from the side of the planet and they come and put this little gold nugget. Man, you must be crazy. That's Jesus movies made by folk that are human. Because humans think on human levels. Want Jesus to be broke. First thing you make sure he has is gold. Come on. I mean, you would th- this is how we think. Well, you know, God comes to you and says, my son is getting ready to be born in planted earth. And we have decided to consult you to see what gifts we should bring him on the first day that he is born. Guess what you would have said? Give him a Bible. That's what he needs. He's a son of God. He's going to need to read the Bible. Give him the Old Testament. Give him some religious books based on what Enoch said. And, 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 and Lord, what you said, it's religious. We're going to give him some gold. I'm going to just keep on reading. You have a joint inheritance with Jesus Christ. I understand. How I many know you heard these stories out here? Every once in a while, some grandmama leaves $10 million to her cat. That's not even human. That's stupid. Your cat only has an appreciation for one thing, cat food. When my, when my father passed, he had a small amount of money. He separated it between me and my two sisters equally. A shared inheritance. And the deep part is, we don't know how much Jesus owns. So what we call the universe is only the first or second dimension. And they can't figure out that. They're still trying to use telescopes to come up with theories about what they think something that's 100 million light years away looks like. All of this stuff is theory. They don't really know. They're just trying to draw stuff based on their you know, humanistic way of thinking. So when you give your life to Christ, you are born again with the nature of God in you. How many have the nature of God on the inside of you? 1 John 5, 12, whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have God's son does not have life. This life is called eternal life, the God kind of life. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So when you are born again, your human life is exchanged for his eternal life. So you are no longer carrying human life in your being. You are not carrying eternal life in your being. That's why John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you life while I was already living. Yeah, humanly. I came to give you another type of life. And this type of life is meant to bring abundance because God is not broke. Galatians 4, 1 through 2. Now I say that the heir, as long, how many heirs of Christ I have in here? Okay, join heirs with Jesus Christ. We are equal to him as he is in heaven. So are we in this earth. But I say that the heir, as long as he operates like a child, differeth nothing from a slave, though he be Lord of all but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Okay. So even though the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, I hate to say it this way. 
you are a baby God. And they immediately give you tutors. You must be taught and guided on how to develop the divine nature in you into the level of your heavenly father. When a king is thrown, he's given tutors who constantly train him on how to develop into his king status. The younger he is, the more training he gets. When you are born again, you are given tutors and governors to develop into realms of dominion. And the first tutor that you are given is called the word of God. The Bible. So it's not, and let me say this, it's not how long you've been in the faith. It's how much, how much you are developed in the things of God. There's some people, there's one lady told me, I've been on the battlefield a long time. Wonderful. So a whole lot of people that's been on the battlefield a long time, that don't mean you shot nobody. Some people just stand on the battlefield and they hide. People be cracking me up talking about they. Y'all, it is not the length of time you have been saved. It is what you have done with the time you have been saved. My wife would tell you when a man I was, well, look, when I came in, I was serious. And I was bypassing people. I was bypassing people. I never forget when my wife went to Bible school, because she went to Bible school first. Okay? And I never forget. I was, she went to Bible school and I was an usher. And people were just constantly, man, what you gonna do? What am I gonna do about what? Well, you know, your, 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 well, at the time you were my girlfriend. You know, she going to Bible school. You were my girlfriend right away, you married. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I couldn't remember. <laughs> I got confused because when it came time for me to, I shouldn't tell them that. Okay, your wife going to Bible school and how are you going to lead her? It's the wrong question to ask somebody like me. And I remember telling them, my ability to lead is not based on schooling. It's based on depth. Titles don't mean nothing. How many of you know some wonderful preachers? How many of you know some ones that, like, you couldn't have been called even by Lucifer himself because you don't know what you're talking about? How many of you know some good doctors? How many of you know some terrible ones? How many of you know some good lawyers? They couldn't win a case for Jesus if they tried. How many know some good mechanics? The one, he can't even fix his own car. You pull up, he's still trying to figure out his for the last five months. It's on both sides. Oh, man, y'all up in here playing. Second <laughs> Peter 1, 2 through 4. Here is this explained in the Bible. Grace and peace be multiplied, not added. God is not into addition. God moves fast. You don't want to move slow. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through church services. No, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us, not just good promises, exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. In other words, we made you like us, but your mind is going to convince you that you are not like us. 
So you are going to have to meditate the word of God so that the wisdom and the DNA of myself multiplies in you and you will come to the place where you will know you are like us. And if a man continues in the word, he'll come to the place where he knows the truth and the truth will then free you up from human circumstances. That's how somebody gets healed by faith versus by doctor. And I'm not saying you're wrong for going to the doctor. I'm just saying that there are levels to this. Uh, can anybody give me the verse in chapter where Jesus sent somebody to the doctor? One of his disciples was one. He never asked for no suggestions. What do you think I should do? Should we give her, give her some apple cider vinegar? Ooh. I ain't saying there's nothing wrong with apple cider vinegar. Don't get me wrong. Y'all, y'all there is a natural side to health. But what I'm saying is, is that don't assume that God wants you to be healed naturally. There's a natural side where you take care of yourself, but you need to learn the supernatural side so that when you get hit with something that humans say is incurable, your divine status kicks in. And so because of that, it would behoove you to learn how to practice on simple stuff like a headache. Instead of just popping pills all day long. Popping pills. I mean, practice, y'all. And a lot of times it's not calling Holy Ghost power. If I get a headache 100% of the time, it is because I have not been drinking enough water. So I need to be up there. I bombard the gates of hell. I come against this headache in the mighty name of Jesus. I rebuke that devil of headaches. And they're looking around like, did you give him a headache? No, dude, he just didn't drink enough water. But, but if he's going to give us the credit for it, devils are like terrorists. They will take credit for stuff they didn't do. I pay attention. Every time you see a bombing, do y'all know that every time there's a bombing, a terrorist bombing, five bombing, five to ten groups take credit for it. We did it. But what is in France and y'all over there in Asia? Yeah, we did it anyway. They, she, how many know there are people that like to take credit for good stuff? Yeah, well, there are individuals that like to take credit for bad stuff. So the word of God, we're almost done. The word of God builds your capacity to be a partaker of divine nature already in you. How many of you know that when you're born into the human race, how many know you're a human being? But if you don't go to school, you won't learn how to operate as a high level human being. And you got to go to school every day for almost 18 years. And then they say you can qualify to step out. I don't know what makes people think that we are sons of God and we're going to disobey God when it comes to scripture, study, meditating and reading. And you're going to operate in divine status. And so that's why people say I'm healed in the name of Jesus and nothing happens. There's no DNA in you to make your words come to pass. So the word of God builds your capacity to be a partaker of divine nature. How much of the word you are working with and that you are living by will determine your level. This is how you develop your divine nature until you are filled with all the fullness of God. It is not about quoting scripture. It's about working scripture. I know the roaring of a bi- the roaring of a baby lion scares no one, including a dog. But if that baby lion keeps on eating meat, that baby lion will grow. And that same lion, was he always a lion? Yes but wasn't developed into his lion full status yet. But when he is developed, that same lion will let out a roar and put the whole jungle on notice. 
You can be walking through the woods. Man, yeah, any ever go, you know, we got we in the south. Any ever go walking in the woods and 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 you hear something and you're like, wait a minute. We must ascertain here what this animal is. My wife and I be walking down the we're walking down the Silver Common Trail and we hear little noises and I'm looking. Okay? Because you don't know what you might find down here. In our neighborhood, somebody took a, took a picture of a great big old bobcat or a cougar sitting right on the fence. Yeah. So they got lions and tigers and bears. I was picking up somebody for, for y'all said, oh my, no y'all didn't. I kind of walked into that though. I just, I, did, I can't even believe I said that. I walked right into that equation. That's funny. I was picking up somebody the other day for church. And I was a little behind. I'm rushing, going through those side trails. And I don't know if these were wolves or coyotes, but they weren't dogs. <laughs> so it was one of those two. They said that there are coyotes down here, I believe. Coyotes or wolves are both. I mean, I've seen fox. Wait a minute. I got to remember, why are we going through the whole uh, animal kingdom for a moment here? I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, the roaring of a biting lion. <laughs> okay, so that shows you it was always a lion. You know, Kenneth Hagin told this story. I got about five more minutes. Kenneth Hagin told this story years ago, and I hope I don't mess it up. He told the story of a baby lion that was born and somehow got separated from the other lions and grew up with sheep. And because the baby lion never saw himself, the baby lion thought he was a sheep. So he grew up acting like sheep. And the deep part is when other lions came around, the sheep would run off and the lion would run with the sheep because he thought he was a sheep. And they said one day, they were all at a watering pool. Okay? And the water was very, very clear. And the lion walked up and looked in the mirror. Because, you know, water produces reflection. He saw what he looked like. And he was looking around. He's like, I'm not what folk that look like me. And what I thought I was is not who I really am. The story ends by the next time a group of lions came forward, he says that he left the sheep and went with his own group. He went with who he was identified with. But it's funny, until he knew who he really was, he acted like the folk he was with. That's why the scripture says bad company corrupts good morals. You might be a king, but you're hanging around a bunch of jesters. So you live a jested life. Hey. So the more addicted you are to reading this book and putting it into practice daily, the higher and faster you will begin to operate in the divine nature. This, and I will help you explain why, it is the most difficult thing for you to spend quality time in the Word. Quality time in the Word. They'll tell you, oh, this is for old people. They'll tell you, oh, no, it's not that deep. Oh, I mean, they'll tell you. I mean, they'll pull on you. Nowadays, you've got too much stuff to compete with. Studying, reading, and doing the world builds your divine nature content. Exercising yourself at the gym develops your human muscles. Exercising in word practice develops divine muscles. First Timothy 4, 7-8. Close this down. But refuse profane and old wise fables. Exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is 
and of that which is to come. Okay? So when it says bodily exercise profiteth little, it, it, it meant, this is the context that it said. It said bodily prof, exercise profiteth little because it can only be applied to the human body. So that's not your excuse to revoke your gym membership. Okay? Bodily exercise profits the body a whole lot. But the reason why the scripture calls it little is because it can't be applied to your finances. It can't be applied to your love walk. It can't be applied to this life and the life thereafter. It says bodily exercise profiteth little because it can only be applied to the human body. Godliness is profitable to all because it can be applied to everything, including the human body. And you get results on this side and the other side. This is why Satan wants to keep you there. When I tell you there are so many reasons why Satan keeps you out the word and you'll feel stupid doing it. And let me say this. Reading the Bible is an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste. If you're not used to doing it, it'll seem like foreign language to you. And it'll bother you sometimes at first. But the more you do it, okay, how I many you know? We all love wonderful different type of items and steak and hamburgers and pizza and ice cream and, and snickerdoodle and all that type of stuff. And how I many you know that for most of us in here, if they reduce your diet 100% to only fruits and vegetables, you're going you're gonna to have a stank attitude. Go, go ahead and lift your hand. I know I'm going to have a stank attitude. Y'all going to think I'm depressed. What? I can't. No. Let's, let's get fruit. Just vegetables. Broccoli. And Brussels sprouts. I, can't, I still don't like Brussels sprouts. No matter if they caramelized, sugarized. No matter if you put ice cream on top. I just don't like Brussels sprouts. If I eat Brussels sprouts, it's because of principle, not because of taste. I like a lot of vegetables, but that's not one of them. I'll eat okra before I eat Brussels sprouts. Okay. So... But yet, but yet, it said, scripture says to a hungry man, either even a bitter herb tastes wonderful. If we force you to only eat vegetables, guess what? You will come to the place very fast where vegetables are the best thing that you ever had. It's like that with the word. If you start doing it, you'll fall in love with it. Then you become intoxicated. Then you become addicted to it. So much so they have to tell you, you do realize we pay you to work, not read your Bible all day. That's when the addiction is kicked in. <clears throat> so it's your responsibility to develop yourself from childhood to sonship where you share in the same dominion as your heavenly father last two scriptures Proverbs 4.20 it says my son attend to my words and climb your ear unto my sayings let them not depart from thine eyes keep them in the midst of thine heart the same way that you have to keep water in your system is the same way you have to keep the word on the inside of you. It said, look and listen. So we are to constantly look as well as listen. Continue to feed upon this written word and Jesus, the living word, will become more real to you every single day. One of the main reasons why people can't hear from God is because you're not putting the DNA on the inside of you to hear from him. To him who has, more shall be given. Spend the first foundation is the time you spend in the word. It is amazing when you spend time in the word, how it increases your sensitivity to things. It increases your ability to hear. It increases your ability to understand. Okay. <clears throat> so the less you feed, read, meditate upon the word of God, the less real Jesus will become to you. And it will stunt your ability to hear from God through other platforms. Because next weekend, we're going to start now systematically moving to the other platforms. But you won't get much benefit from those platforms if you don't know the word. My ability to interpret dreams um, is mostly from the word. 
Um, even when I read the book, The Divinity Code, it's still based on the word. You know, I was, somebody just had a dream the other day and it was just so powerful. And it's only because I knew a scripture that was able to interp interpret that dream. Okay. Matthew 13, last one. Matthew 13, 18 through 23. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. Now we picked up with the B part of this story. First part was about a farmer who had planted all of these seeds. And the seeds, which is the word of God, fell into four different places. It says, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. Now you fit into one of these categories at some time in your life. We usually flip-flop, okay? It's best to say in the last category. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom, don't understand it. They read the Bible, I don't know what this is saying. Then the devil comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. This lets you know that if you just kept planting it, even without understanding, you'll start to get a harvest. People like that, they read the Bible and they just throw it down. And that was the enemy snatching the seed away. The next one is the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! They tear the church down, throw chairs over, they swing from the chandeliers, me and Will running around the sanctuary 30 times, all of that. But since they don't have deep roots... They don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing what God said about them. This lets you know the moment you start exercising faith for healing, for prosperity, for marriage restoration, for whatever it is, you get attacked for believing. That's why I tell people it's when you start trying to do the right thing that you got to brace for war. It's when we started going to this next level that everybody got hit. It's when we started fasting. Now we sit up here trying to get past all of these feelings. I've been feeling crazy. Attack because you believe. But because you're not deep or because you're not ingrained, that attack backs you off. Well, I'm going to just watch television from now on. Or you fail so much, you don't try. What verse am I in? 22? The seed, this is the third category. The seed, this is, the one, this is one of the ones that pretty much affects the body of Christ. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by worry of this life and the lure of making money. So no fruit is produced. Okay? You got to be very careful of that. Well, you know. See, you got to be careful when you're on time for your job, but you're late for church. See, that's the world has your attention. You're more disciplined when it comes to money stuff versus spiritual stuff. And yet the spiritual stuff will determine the money stuff. Okay, worry. And that big time is worry. Christians have great confessions, but terrible mindsets. We confess at church or when we're talking to our best friend. When we go home and we sit in front of the computer, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's what you really believe. See how I said that? See that? Man. Nobody does that if they know some money is coming. You don't do this. Man. That's worry. And you do it unconsciously. And, and, and when you get squeezed is what will come out. You're not being squeezed at church. You're being delivered. You're being taught. You're letting it out. You're hollering and screaming like we did a few minutes ago. When you're at home by yourself in the dark, when you get a tax bill, when you get another bill, when uh, 
when the water, once the water tank goes out, you know, that term it rains, it pours, that will determine how fast your manifestation shows up. Because a human, a human will complain. But a, a, divine, a divine being will begin to explain to the devil what's getting ready to happen. This is what's getting ready to happen. If a man shall believe that what he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. And we got to train ourselves how to do that. How you know, man, how many know, man, as long as the car is riding right and the bills are tight and, and oh man, if everything is good. Man, we got our great confession. The Lord, joy the Lord is my strength and I am more than a conqueror. And when everything is going right is when you confess and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Oh, we going in it. And the devil is like, man, they sound really, really good. Let's see if they believe it. Your muffler fall off. Oh, the devil is attacking me. Oh, oh. Dude, your car is 30 years old. The thing might have just rushed it through. Go to. Quit acting crazy. So worry and money temptation. You can have money and God. Bible didn't say that, that money is the root of all evil. It said the love of it. Anything that you love, you overindulge with. Spend time with it. Okay? And so you can have both. But just be careful of that, particularly with worry. We all worry. Uh, and these worries are brought on about darkness because all of you have trigger points. And until you learn how to overcome that trigger point, the enemy will use that trigger point to lock you down for the rest of your life. He knows exactly what to put you in a mode of depression. And it's like it's been working for the last 20 years, y'all. We don't even got to go to the rule book and figure out a new equation. All we got to do is just bring one thing up to them and they're going to fall into depression. Y'all, you got to grow out of that. If you could again switch places with Jesus, what would he do in your situation? How would he talk in your situation? I mean, it's amazing. The scripture is very, very clear that you can talk your way out of anything. But the problem is, is that you talk good today. You talk bad tomorrow. Today, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Tomorrow, Lord Jesus, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm depressed. Tomorrow, I'm expecting a mailman to come. If you don't get here, I'm going to smack you for being late. Tomorrow, oh, Lord, it looks like we're going down. And you know what that's the equivalent of? It's the equivalent of planting a flower. And then the next day, pulling it up. And then the next day, planting the flower. And the next day, pulling it up. And the next day, planting the flower. And the next day, pulling it up. And after three months, you ask, you confused, why is my plant not growing? And the devil is a master at making you forget. It's because you keep pulling it up. Master at making you forget. I mean, we can remember some foolishness. Except for when it come to us. I don't remember doing that at all. Dude, we got you on tape killing 300 people. <laughs> Last one. And this is everybody in here right now. Look across the audience. Yes, this is the category that everybody is fitting into. The last one. The seed that fell on good soil. How, many, how much good soil did I have in here? <laughs> Represents those who truly hear. And understand. Don't go to a church where you leave misunderstanding stuff. Some of you go in understanding, you come out confused. What was that? Those who truly hear and understand God's word 
and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and 100 times as much as has been planted. This is letting you know, you're putting the word in you and then practicing what you put in will bring a, con uh, can bring a harvest, a hundred. Can you imagine putting prosperity on the inside of you from what the word says and you get a hundred times result of the seed that you're putting in you from the word? But we, we, we shaky. You know, we jump here and don't worry, I'm blaming y'all. I'm, yeah, I'm pointing at y'all. I got three fingers pointed back at me. You know, we, this is all something because Jesus died for us to operate at this status. And that's why every single thing that you ever notice that, um, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't want to say that. But, but that's the reason why you have so much of these examples in the scripture of Jesus only getting mad at the disciples over two reasons. Two, their pride, because God is a very humble God, and their inability to operate like one. Now, I want you to think about the faith that your heavenly father has in you where you get mad because a guy couldn't walk on the water the first time. Think about that. Peter said, can I try this? Lord said, come on. It, he walked right up to Jesus and began to sink. He got to looking at his circumstances. That's what humans do. They're always looking at circumstances. God ain't looking at nothing. The Bible says the light and the dark are the same to him. Okay. And he starts sinking. And the Lord gets upset at Peter because he didn't walk on the water the first time. That's how much they know about our abilities. Is that they get frustrated when they see us act like humans. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He has now become a divine being. And now nothing natural applies to you anymore. Well, you know, my grandma told me to be too heavenly minded. You know, well, your grandmama, your grandmama also, somebody said, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but your grandmama didn't die on the cross for you either. And, and your grandmama didn't write no Bible. Matter of fact, she ain't wrote nothing. I don't mean to be rude, I'm just saying, we allow people to talk us out of what God said. And when you start practicing what God said, the devil is going to send religious people and educated professionals to say, you don't have a right to do this. And you don't have to be, you got to put that thing in your mind. You got to let it ring. Did not I say, you are God and all of you are children of the most high. I mean, I love the way that he put that. It's almost like, well, my grandmother told me I couldn't do it. Didn't I say? Well, my supervisor said that they're getting ready to lay me off. Didn't I say? Y'all think Jesus is going to be upset because somebody laid him off? He may be like, thank you. I was just waiting on you to do it first. And just, y'all, just, you, this is the arrogance that sons of God are supposed to walk in. That's why the world can't tell the difference. That's why they're not coming in because they see humans. Because most humans don't respect other humans. But they will respect God's. Y'all remember what they said in Acts? This, this is my last statement that we can pray. Remember what they said about the disciples in Acts? They said, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And it was a true statement. The difference is the people started worshiping them. They're like, hey, no, you're supposed to be worshiping us. Him alone. The Bible says don't even worship angels. Worship is only reserved for God. But dominion is for his son. Let's go ahead and stand.
thank you, O Lord. Blessed be your holy name. Let's lift our hands for a second and give God thanks. Thank you, O Lord God. As a matter of fact, you need to thank God that you are a son of God, a daughter of the Most High King. That is a... Thank you, Lord Jesus. When you saw Jesus walking around... Hold on a moment. When you saw Jesus walking around in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, every person in this room, he was walking around in the exact same status. He was a divine being that was wrapped in human flesh that had the Holy Spirit on him. When you give your life to Christ, you become a divine being. Okay? But you're still in human flesh. And that's why the Holy Ghost comes up on you. And that's why there's no difference between what Jesus did and what we can do. And the scripture takes it further. It says how he is in heaven. Y'all, that's a... That's a steed. That's a serious. It lets you know just how far gone we are and far behind the body of Christ is generally where the Bible says that as Jesus is in heaven, so are we. And it says that we're seated together with him right, right now. That's the place you live from. The Bible calls you an ambassador. You don't even belong in this world. You're sit- it's wonderful. You got a United States citizenship. That's wonderful. The government requires that. But according to heaven, you are not a citizen on this planet anywhere. You're not a United States citizen. You're not a Nigerian citizen. You're not a Chinese citizen. You are a heavenly citizen. That's why the laws here are not supposed to apply to us the same way they do for the citizens. <laughs> I can keep doing this all day. I want to go deeper, but I can't. Okay? So you're going to have to get in the Word and believe what it says. The, the scriptures that bother me more than anything else, if you ask me anything, that still is just killing me. And I had to, I had to as a as a Christian, I had to just come to the conclusion, you know what? You just simply haven't been consistent believing that and confessing it. He said, if you will ask me anything, if a man shall believe that what he says will come to pass, what we do is we start that and then we make a, bam, a plan B in case what plan A doesn't come to pass. Well, I'm going to start exercising faith for this, but in case it doesn't work, I'm going to make this plan B and this, make this plan C. And you don't do that, but you've already planned it out in your mind. I just had to make a decision, and if it doesn't work, I'll lose money. I'm just saying, y'all know what I'm saying? Get back to your vision boards and stick to it day in, day out. Read the scripture. That takes a long time. You're not ready then. Anything that's going to give you God-like results is not about to come overnight. It's a price you got to pay. And when you pay that price, it's God results. When you get God results, you can take this. You can't even fit it in the bank. Thank you, O Lord God. So let's lift our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we worship you, we bless you, we honor you, we give you thanks. Thank you, O Lord God, for what you have made us. Thank you, O Lord God, for what we have become. And even though, Lord God, we are children of God, we only know it in our minds in theory. But help us, O Lord God, to count ourselves and carry ourselves worthy of what you have created us to be. Pray, O Lord God, that you would reveal it unto us as we get into the word We must accept it at face value because the Bible is not written at our level. It's written at your level. And so that we could come up to your level. As you said, O Lord God, to Apostle John, come up higher so that I can show you things that must be hereafter. So I thank you, Lord God, that as we come up higher, you will show us things concerning our lives. Thank you, O Lord God, that today, this is the lowest point we will ever be at ever again. Thank you, Father God, 
that we will perpetually increase with speed. Know, Lord God, that the enemy will attack us near and far. Thank you, O Lord God. He will attack us through many different vehicles, many different methods, many different avenues in order to stop what the scripture says is the manifestation of the sons of God. We know, O Lord God, that religious men will not like this, but it does not matter what men don't like. You only respond to truth. And it is true, O Lord God, that we are new creations in Christ Jesus, that we stepped out of being human into the divine, that we are your children. We are lowercase g gods on this planet after the order. We have been made after the order of the one who sits on the throne. Therefore, O Lord God, your abilities are our abilities right now. So I thank you, O Lord God. We speak into every address. We command it to line up with the word Zoe, which is the God type of life. We thank you, O Lord God, that when people visit our homes, it will be as though it was your home. That when they see our prosperity, it'll be as though you were the business person. When they see our health, it will be, O Lord God, as though you had exchanged bodies with us. So we thank you, O Lord God, for what you are going to do with the people that are connected to this house. It is a house of dominion. It is a house of authority. It is a house of perpetual increase. And it is a house, O Lord God, we will all walk in the manifestation of the sons of God. And we bless it out of you. Now lift your hands and give God thanks for that. Thank him for creating you and to what you are. Thank you, O Lord God, for helping us catch up with lost time. We bless and honor you. Thank you, O Lord God, for your goodness. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. Hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praises be unto thee, O Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We thank you, O Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, O Father God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, O Lord God. So remember, folk, thank you, Jesus. To call yourself any other thing except for what the scripture calls you is the highest level of perversion. To call you something that you are not. Okay? You gave your life to Christ, you became just like him. The final completion of that will be when we get a body. That's why the Bible says when we go to heaven, it says you get a body just like Jesus. You wouldn't get a body just like him if you weren't just like him. Okay? It says you get in a body just like the angels. Okay? Incorruptible, eternal. That's what's on the inside of us. You are indestructible. That's why I say you can't go to heaven unless you were a member of heaven before you die. Because only divine beings are allowed into heaven. And you must become a divine being before you leave planet Earth. Because when the time is up, how you enter that realm is how you stay. If you go in human, you stay human. And the only reason you went in human is because you rejected the divine invitation from Jesus Christ. And it's crazy. The world doesn't know this, but we're going to let them know. As Marche say, they don't know, but we're getting ready to make them know. <laughs> she cracks me up with that. Hey, so amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I'm getting ready to dismiss in just a moment, you know, and just continue to pray for.